Lucky Boys podcast. I was also in a fraternity wow. back in yes. the day. Okay. And uh, I was in a fraternity where I was. And the you only, were in a Caucasian fraternity. I was right? in a predominantly Very Caucasian. Dominant. Yeah. Oh. Um, and I was this, at the time I was the lone Asian uh, member of my fraternity, but at the same time, like you know, I was going through a lot of uh, um, like self crisis. hate Asian identity crisis. Right. Like I, I had, I had hated my identity as an Asian man so much mm. that I tried to be as white as adjacent, white adjacent as possible, you know. And I remember, I would say the bulk majority of jokes that were directed at me where it had something to do with my Asian identity, mm -hmm. which I was so ashamed of that I allowed it to happen or, you know, they would, they would, they would give me all these Asian jokes and I was to fit in. I would kind of just be like, okay, like, cool, cool, whatever. Or maybe I would hurl a, a racist comment back at them, you know, mm -hmm. but it, it was like, it was clearly uh, an attempt. It was clearly an attempt to just like, Put you down. Put me up. Put me down. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't think it was like, they, it's not that they hated me. It was just yeah. like, well, I was the lone Asian guy. Right. So that's that, you know, that's what they, that's what they focused on. And yeah. I remember uh, when I was a junior or senior in, in college, we had another uh, Asian uh, Filipino kid join my fraternity and he actually wound up becoming my, my grand little. So like my little's little. Mm -hmm. And he was very proud of his Asian identity. Um, wow. He hung out with like yep. other Filipinos and organizations that admittedly at the time I was so in my self-hating Asian state that they would come to me and I'd be like, you know, get away from me. Like you guys are like so clicky, leave me alone. Mm -hmm. You know, I was trying to run away from my Asian identity. But here's this kid comes into the fraternity knowing that there's only one other Asian guy there, me. Uh, and he, he pledges, he does this thing. And then people would spew the same jokes hurled at me to him. Mm -hmm. he took it differently because he wasn't as a trying as a pledge or as a brother? both okay as both a pledge and his brother but he didn't he you know he didn't really say anything until he became a brother he's just like why are you guys saying these things and, and he, it hurt his feelings and he brought i remember he said why are you guys why why are you guys saying these things it's messed up and they said well ollie's okay with it so you should be too so they Ooh. weaponized my mm. my nonchalantness or my desire to to fit in and my des my my complete disregard uh, for everything. Like they uh, they used my reaction, my response to justify mm -hmm. their racism. And I didn't. It took me. It took me. And I remember I went to him, my grandmother. I'm like, yo, bro, it's just jokes. Relax. Mm. Just jokes. They don't mean it. You know. It took me years. Years after the, that incident, for me to recognize, wow, I messed up. Mm. Like that—that that was on me. And then I apologized to him. Like years after, I'm like, I had a, I had a, a long conversation. I'm like, hey, buddy, like I just want to tell you that I am so sorry. Um, you know, I'm sure you knew this, but at the time, I was not very happy with my identity. I was trying so hard to fit in, and you know, I, you know, in retrospect, I respect the heck out of you because you spoke you, up you spoke up not yeah. only you speak up you were so proud of your identity you know he's filipino i'm indonesian we're practically neighbors mm -hmm. neighboring countries and he would always invite me out to like these asian events and i'd just be i just roll my eyes and just be like no nah, i'm good mm. thinking i was better than that you know in my desire to be not asian and he inspired me mm -hmm. he inspired me and 
I think, uh, you know, I didn't recognize that that was a problem until, until I got older. And, you know, again, I was dealing with that while I was also dealing with people in the military who were throwing Asian jokes at me as well. So it was kind of like, how do I get this to stop? Well, okay, maybe if I just uh, ride with it or kind of just like, okay, whatever with it, disregard it, then it, it won't hurt as much. And it, yeah, it didn't hurt as much, but it didn't stop them from doing it either. Mm. And it didn't really affect me until I, I didn't really sit down and think about it until much, much later. People were getting targeted because of the way they look, yeah. right? because of the racism. It's, it's become violent, right? It's become uh, to the point where people are losing their lives, yeah. right? We're, it, we're seeing elderly people that are defenseless mm. being attacked, right? And then there's the other part I remember before all of this, there, people were, that were fortunate enough to live in these bubbles, yep. these neat little silos, like they were where they just didn't even think um, racism towards Asians was a thing. Right. Like they actually believed that they were, um, I guess, white adjacent. Right. And I spoke to a lot of them. Some of these guys were in my organization as well, my fraternity. And I would talk to them. They're like, well, I don't see what racism like we're we're up there man we're one of the highest earners mm-hmm. we're blah 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 and so i was like dude that's not true mm-hmm. i i mean i know so many asians that are in poverty yeah borderline. yeah i grew up around them are you kidding me i was like no and and yes i i have friends that are actually well off but that that's because i've changed my circle as i gotten older as i became mm-hmm. more in tune and able to control my life and became more useful to people right then I graduated to a different bracket. Right. Right. But I was like, there's some people that just haven't figured it out or they just didn't have the resources. Right. And they're kind of stuck there. And we cannot belittle those people and just highlight all the people that are successful. That's like saying if there's a, um, a certain racial group that are all athletes or a certain uh, racial group that are all engineers to say, oh, they're all successful. They're mm-hmm. good. When most of them aren't athletes. Most of them aren't engineers. Yeah. Most of them are still struggling and it's because of outside factors. The rules or the game was set up against them. Right. Where everyone else, you're asking me to run a race, but this guy gets a five-minute head start. Mm -hmm. Who's going to win that race? Of course, yeah. You know, I mean, I could still win, but I'm going to have to try a lot harder. I'm going to have to be extra, extra good. even playing field. It's not. It's not an even playing field. And I get it. The world's unfair. I get it. I know how important it is to give support to your children you got to give them a shot you got to let them believe they that they can actually be someone because half of it is self-belief half of it right. is building up their self-esteem half of it is just giving them that head start so that they can stand their own two feet and, and believe and just supporting and let them know it's okay if you fall i will catch you right and we will go at it again i can't even tell you how important that is as a friend to have a friend like that i have friends asian friends in college right they they had such low self-esteem they've been yeah. beaten up so bad by the people around them they've been beaten up so and i'm not just talking about people from other races and culture i'm talking about inside their own home right yeah under their own roof they were beaten up so bad to the point where they're just afraid to share their thoughts and they have some really beautiful thoughts to share yeah when you get close to them and, and a lot of people that have asian friends they probably like, oh, why is this guy so quiet? Does he think he's better than me? Like, I think that's the initial thought. Mm-hmm. But when you peel back the layers, you go, oh, that's not us because this guy's been beaten up pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And and then when you peel back those layers, you're like, oh, my God, there's, there's a lot of beauty in this. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Like, 
you got to share yourself with the world. You have a lot of value to share. Right. And, and Norm knows a few of them. He's actually best friends with one of them growing up. And I, and I would tell these guys, I was like, hey, if you guys, something happens, I got you guys, man. Right. Like, we're, we're in this together. If you fail, like, yo, I'm still going to be your friend. Like, we're, I'm still going to, you know, we're still going to do it. We're still going to try. We're going to get back up and we're going to do it again. Don't worry. Like, hey, yeah. yo, I support you a million percent. I want you to try. I want you to fail. That's all right. I want to fail sometimes, too, because mm. I know sometimes I'm going to swing and I'm not going to connect. Right, right, right. Knowing that I got you here with me to have my back if I fail that's just beautiful to me. So a lot of us grew up, we didn't have that from our parents. So our mm. friends kind of became our brothers right. and sisters. You know, we just kind of developed that relationship. So that's why my children, like, or anyone with you and to the people that are parents listening, you just have to give a shit enough about your kids to give them the support. Yeah. And that's in every relationship, whether it's marriage or your close friends. And as you get older, Having close friends becomes rarer yes. and rarer. You get you get a lot of acquaintances. You get a lot of people that you meet real quick and network, and then you you never see them again. Mm. And you guys only see each other when you're doing a common goal or when you need something or, or when you right, need something. Right. It, it becomes a very transactional relationship, yeah. right? So with a lot of people that if you find someone that you value, some people with great traits, someone that you know that will give you their shirt off their backs, someone that you know you could call them at a moment's notice that they'll be there for you. Don't let go of that friendship. Oh, Foster that shit. Yeah. Foster that shit. Do things. Show them you care about them. It's all good. And some people are like, yo, Will, that's gay. I'm like, then gay people got it right. Hmm. I don't want to tell them how much I care about them when they're dead. Right. That means nothing. They can't hear me. You know, right. like I can't see the look on their face. I can't feel their expression. I can't. I'm touching a cold body if I do. You know, I want to. Mm. While they're alive, why? While, while they're alive, it's possible. Yeah. yeah, while there's light yeah. in their eyes, you know, I have no problem giving love to the people I care yeah. about. I, I mean, right? I, I even, like, how many times I tell my boys I love them? Like, you see yeah. it. Like, yeah. I'm like, yo. And I don't just say that shit. I mean, if I don't, you know, I'll say crazy shit too. But if, if I really got love for you, I'm like, yo, or if you're amazing at something, I'll hurl a compliment at yeah, you. Man. Like, yo, that was dope, dude. Like, yo, I'm digging it. And and I really mean it. I'm, I have no agenda. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like afterward, I'm like, yo, you can lend me like $10. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I, I do want to give people their flowers. Right. I think that's important. That's amazing. Yeah, I think definitely uh, providing positive vibes and energy to, you know, accomplishments to, you know, when people are at their highs and people at their lows, giving them positive vibes doesn't help, doesn't, doesn't hurt. No, it costs you nothing. It costs you nothing to say thank you, good job. And you job, gain everything. You're amazing. I'm here for you. It literally costs nothing mm-hmm. yeah, so and, just be and, it's and like you said like being an MC, words do matter words, words. inspire words yeah. push you know words you know help or you know do help people either help people or you know uh hurt people yeah, yeah. your yeah. words have power like i with without even touching you without even literally being within a foot like i could be you could be a hundred feet away. If I have a mic and I have and I have things to say, I can hurt you. I can inspire you. I can, um, I can cause you to cry, or I can cause you to experience excitement and joy and laughter. Like words of power. And like like you said, I do MC a lot, and oftentimes for weddings, corporate events, bar mitzvahs, or bar mitzvahs. Um, you know. People look to you when when to get the party started. To get the party right? started, to get the right? Going, yeah. You know when when the party's great, 
they look at you and they say, hey, man, great job. But when the party, when, the, when something happens that's clearly out of your control, they still look at you and they blame you. But like, you know, you, you're holding that mic. You have that power. The words you say are, you know, anything, anything, anything actionable you say, you could, I mean, Travis Scott just did it. He just incited a riot at his own, at his own concert. Mm. If I, you know, depending on the, on, on the audience, I could literally tell them what to do within reason. Um, mm. You know, words have power. And I think how we speak to each other, our friends, our families, our, our colleagues, our subordinates, and people above us, we need to be mindful with, with, with the things that we say. Because do you want to be known as a guy, as a bully who's just constantly hurting people, not understanding? Or do you want to be someone that inspires? Do you want to be someone that people constantly seek to, for, for advice? Or, you know, like, I don't want to be known as the guy that's like, oh, well, he's so belittling. He's always finding ways to better himself at the expense of others. Heck no. I no, want to be the, no one want, wants to be around that kind of person. Nobody wants to be yeah. around that kind but of person. Here's the thing. Those people exist, oh, and yeah. those people have gotten really good at masking it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, we all will say, oh, nobody wants to be blah, 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 Right? And I'm telling you, though, I've, these people that I know that's been con artists their whole life or something or very what, what they call users, mm-hmm. I'm only friends with you because you can provide something for me. Yes, at that moment. You have something I want. Therefore, I will put energy into a line to you, mm-hmm. right? Um, and those people usually are very transparent because you're mm-hmm. just like, oh, what the fuck out of blue? But I'm telling you, I don't know what the fuck's been out there lately, but they've been really good mm. at just kind of covering their spots and just picking and choosing and just kind of luring you in. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the part. Maybe they're not chasing. Maybe they're luring you in mm-hmm. with the false promise. They're playing to your, to one of the seven sins, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of you, uh, usually it's greed, but they, you know, lure you in with greed. Because, mm-hmm. well, you know, everyone does the greed playbook. Yeah. I was at a wedding yesterday. And uh, and that's the reason I mention it. Because I, I'm like, I, I am that, like, dude, right? I'm, I'm chill. I'm positive. But at the same time, like, I wasn't born yesterday. And I know if you try to, you know, do something scammy, mm-hmm. and I don't know where like they trying to lure me in, and 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 yo, well, we just need fifty G's. We're doing this, yo. We got this great thing, man. Yo, I'd love to put you in, yo. But I just don't know if this and that. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> Stay over there. Nah, well, you my brother though. Later on, yo, yo, here, here's a drink. And I was, I was watching the whole thing unfold, and I was like. Dude, he's trying to get you drunk? I know. No, he's trying to get me to feel good. Trying to no, get yeah, me... Loosen up. To, to loosen up. Right, trying yeah. to get me, bring my guard down. Yeah. Right? And, um, you know, it was, it was more like... I was like... I, I, I just cut him off. I was like, look, number one, like, he wasn't getting it the first two times. The third attempt with the drink and everything was just a little much. His arm over me. You know, the patting on the back. Um, the compliments, you know, oh, Will, you're so fucking smart. Basically, he was telling me how big my dick is, you know? Right. And I was just like, you know what, man? Um, first of all, I don't really trust you. Uh, and I, I f- I'm pretty indifferent about you towards my feelings. But now I'm getting to the point where I kind of don't like you. Wow. You said that right to his face. Yeah, right to his face. Like, nice. in a very calm way, like the way I just said it. Like, he was next to me. And he, he goes, ha, that's why I love you, Will. You're fucking hilarious. And I was like, I was like, yo, I, I like, no, you're hilarious because you know I wasn't joking. 
And he was just like, oh, word, what was like that? I was, I was like, no, no, don't, t- don't, 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 don't do that. Don't turn it like I just dissed you. You the one that just tried to take 50K from me, dog. I was like, you know I've never seen that money again, so stop playing. <laughs> I, I was like, before you get mad, don't get me mad. I was like, come on, man. We had a wedding, man. You, you trying to do business transactions like this? I was like, come on, get the fuck out of my face. Come on, what is this drink here? That is a red flag. I was like, it's an open bar. You acting like you just paid for an expensive bad drink, too. I was like, get the fuck back to that table, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're putting in this drink, you know man. What I mean? You could have spiked it. And, and, oh, and, but here's man. the thing, though. Like, we were childhood friends. You know what I mean? They knew me for years. Right. Years. And then you use that as a weapon. Mm-hmm. You know, because you thought, hey, since we have history, you know, I could use you somehow. You mm-hmm. could, you know, trust. I could, you could trust me, Will. And how do you know I even got that type of money? You know what I mean? Right. Like, how do you know that that's available right mm-hmm. now? You know, that's just a, that's a large sum. Yeah. You know, so it's just like, you know, it's it's these people, but he, they, they've gotten so good. And to, back to my point, they've gotten so good at masking it where yeah. it's, I mean, that, that, that guy's a probably poor example of getting, getting good at masking it. Right. But there's other examples that. They played the long game. They played a long game, mm. they long game and they were successful. Money they were successful on. at conning someone that they knew. And most of the time, it's someone that they knew for years right. or someone that they had trust in. And they, they con, I mean, that's hence con man, confidence man. You have confidence mm. in this man. And they con them and they con some of these people's mothers. They con, you know, for, for gain. To the point that it's only them. They're conning their moms. Right. To hit you know, their network. To hit people. their network yeah. because they know that there's additional revenue there. So they're bringing everyone in. You know, and just like, oh, man, and they were just running away with their money. Or they're never seeing it back. Mm. Never, never again. You know what I mean? It's just, it's poor. So when you see that, you're just kind of, you start questioning motives. And it doesn't always come in a form of that type of monetization. Right. I've often seen, like, con men specifically, you know, they try to get, they know that you have a, a heavy network or a strong network. You know they'll they'll be cool with you. They'll they'll be buddy buddy with you. Get you a couple of drinks just so you can get eventually introduce them to other people. The second they get what they want, boom, they're they're gone. They're out of your life. You're like, oh, what what, what just happened? Hit the smoke bomb, straight ninjas, you know? just. Poof. And then I've also you know I've even for me specifically I've introduced people, um, I've introduced people, someone that I thought was you know, trustworthy. I introduced them to to some influential people that I knew in Asia. And generally, like, you know, I mean, it's kind of an unspoken rule, right? If you, if I introduce you to somebody and it turns into a business kind of transaction and like, you're going to like do, you're going to take care of me somehow. So in some level, that's an unspoken rule, an unspoken rule. I scratch your back. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. it was, it was, it wasn't like, like, like some, it was kind of like, okay, man, if something happens, like, you know, you know, make sure I'm, I'm at least involved somehow. Right. And this person that I introduced him to. Uh, I had known for years and, you know, a, a deal had closed, a deal had closed and, um, I was left out and thankfully like the, the person that I knew for years when I went back to Asia, he, he took care of me, uh, in the best way he could, but like it, it didn't, it didn't reciprocate. It, yeah. It, it still hurt. You know, I, I, I felt I've. I felt betrayed. Mm-hmm. I felt I felt hurt and you felt used. I felt used. And since then I'm very wary about who I introduce people to. That sounds like another form of like a one night stand, right? Like, yo, I'm your boy, yeah, I got you. This and that and then yeah, oh word, you do that for me, I got you too. And mm-hmm. the next thing you know, you know, I promised I promised you a ring, but you know, now that I hit it, it's just like, oh, you know, I just been really busy, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
You know, that's that's yeah. and that really stinks. And that person like cut off all communication. Yep. Yeah, oh no, well, I mean the energy wasn't the same. Yeah. Energy wasn't the same. Yeah. Energy wasn't the same. Like when I did ask about it, he'd be like very aloof. Aloof or like try to change the subject and I'm like Damn. I'm like I already know because my boy in Asia already told me, mm-hmm. you know. I, I trust him more than I trust See, you. See, in situations like that, this goes all the way back to like the first 15 minutes of our conversation. Yeah. Circling back to that, sometimes peace isn't the best form of, of, of revenge. The best form of revenge is to get better than that dude again where you become the gatekeeper or the guy that is the plug. You know, you're the access guy. Mm-hmm. And, oh, shit. I know you. Yo, 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 help me out this time. I, st- I definitely still try to stay grounded. You know, yeah. I recognize because I, I can be a very emotional person and I can, my emotions will uh, rule me negatively. But you're not wrong there. And it's okay to feel mm-hmm. negatively about oh, that. Right, right, right. right a lot of people think it's not okay to feel negative. Yo, you did something fucked up. I got to feel negative. Give me the right. If someone dies, give me some time to, to mourn. mourn. Yes, right? agreed. If someone does something fucked up to me, let me feel negative. That, isn't that wrong? Yeah, I can't yeah, be positive yeah. 24-7. That's agreed. not cool agreed. either. Agreed. That agreed. don't make no sense. You did something fucked up to me. Let me be mad. Let me be upset. I'm, I, I don't want to hold on to it forever. Right. But right now, this shit is fresh. Yeah. You know, but turning that and using that as energy. Yeah. You know, maybe I was lazy before. Mm-hmm. Maybe I didn't want to do this extra thing to make myself better, to level up. But now because of you. Yeah. Actually, no, to be complete, everything you said, like, I've utilized that actually as, you know, like, you know, whether in my dating life where girls have, um, you know, discarded me or dumped me. I'm like, actually, my best friend got me to utilize that as fuel. He's like, he's like, bro, if that were me. And all these girls telling me that I wasn't good enough for them, like I'd use that as fuel. You use it to. as fuel. Use it as motivation. Use it to, you know, not necessarily for the sole purpose to tell to tell them specifically, look what you missed out on. But at the same time, it's like utilize look what it you to, missed out on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, make, make it not, not make not make it your sole motivation yeah, is to yeah. prove some not not to prove someone wrong. Yeah. To actually make yourself better. Mm-hmm. And the a side benefit would be yeah to tell them <laughs> hell yeah look what that's, you missed that's out on. That's the cherry on top. It may let not it be, be the, the cher- sole thing, but that's yeah. the cherry on top. Cherry, sure. Let it be the cherry on top. That's the don't byproduct. Let it, don't let no, it be yeah. the, 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 the entire substance. Yeah, mm-hmm. but fuck that. Look, it's not revenge. With, it's, it's, I'm going to torture you with success. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? That's, that's okay. You, made, you did something fucked up to me, man. And, and my success, if it tortures you, even better. So if I got to do that extra thing that I was a little bit lazy about, I just got to think about you and I could thank you in my speech, but I won't say your name. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's, that's okay, man. I mean, I don't have anything like that. Right. Fortunately and unfortunately, because mm-hmm. I got those demons I've accepted and mm-hmm. I've gone way past that and I haven't hit a, any type of success where, um, you know, that type of jealousy will be warranted. Right. And my own happiness is, is, is very small mm-hmm. where, where where it's good though to me it's huge see my what what people would look at that and go that wouldn't make me happy you know it's not a popular thing to be happy about right but this is but this here is my number one thing that brings me happiness Mm -hmm. right to everyone else that's like oh fuck no but this brings me the most happiness and peace right right so i lean on that and it's not fame it's not um, 100 likes it's nothing like that and it's cool for other people that gives you the dopamine hits and yeah yeah that's cool but there's this other thing that's to me i could get it anytime i want 
I can get a hit of that anytime I want. They, nobody controls it. Right. I control this portion of happiness. And everyone else, I don't need you to give me permission by your likes, right? right? Or by you giving me a job right. to feel this certain type of ecstasy, validation, or whatever, or my worth. I aim at a different area, and it might have been by accident, I don't know, um, but probably not, uh, because this is something I did want since I was a little boy, and I designed my life to go to that path. While I did try all these other different things and failed, Right, I tried this. Oh shit, I'm actually not that good at that. Mm. Well, let me try this. Ooh, damn. Let me try this. I was like, all right, cool. But I was never depressed from those things. From not from failing, it was cool. I was like, yo, at least I tried. Right, you tried. That's, you that's, learned. You it was on. fun though. I met yeah. so many great people. I still talk to them. We're friends, yeah. and I have a lot of experience about those type of industries. But at the end of the day, like I said, it doesn't matter if you fail. You got this people to support you. You got this. So I always can, like I said, I can always reach into this bag of happy. Mm-hmm. It's always there for me because it's something that's mine. It's not something that I need permission or validate. Nobody, there's no gatekeeper. There's nobody. Nobody's is telling you you'd be happy. Nothing. Or sad or right. whatever. Nothing, nothing. Yeah. And it isn't like cuckoo happy. It's not yeah. like, ah, you know, <laughs> it's it's a peaceful happy. And yeah. that's that's my favorite happy. It's this, it's this clarity and peaceful happy where I'm just kind of, I don't want to be drunk off of happiness, although those moments are amazing, right? But you, let's keep it real. It's not realistic. Just like I love laughing to the point where I can't control it. Right, where you're just kind of, you try so hard and you're just exploding with a few friends. Those are the best kinds yes. of laughs, mm-hmm. right? And I understand I can't get that all the time. Right? It's actually pretty rare. So I do find moments that I can just laugh and that's cool too. So I look for those happies, the, the, the little happy moments. And that's to me, keeps me level and right. balanced. Because getting too high, because guess what? When you fall down from that. That's going to hurt. I, I'd like to keep myself at happy at one like and that's me as long right. as i like that shit then fuck all y'all exactly <laughs> exactly yeah that's definitely you know like i mean that's a whole other subject of, of social media and perceptions and social media itself i mean like it's unfortunate that you know people are define themselves based on those likes those comments and engagement right uh with the industry that i'm in i, I have no choice i have to be on you have there. to that's your business card and to be completely honest, I went through that phase of, oh man, this this picture only li- only got like three four hundred likes when the one before it got over a thousand, and I'm like, okay, let me let me delete this picture and repost it at a, at a more uh, at a better time, you know, and, yeah, or like, yeah. and or like, oh, this picture doesn't look good for my grid. It doesn't match the aesthetics. It's like man like that i literally went through that for like a couple of years of constantly like okay it's eight o'clock p.m my audience is active right now i need to post this right now oh man within a half hour the you know if i don't get the engagement necessarily the algorithm's not gonna like it enough for it to push it to more people it's not gonna go on the explore page like man like that was so poisonous in my life like and then let's not even get into like okay what captions and hashtags i need oh to use gosh, yeah. right because oh. think about the amount of time that I took into just doing that, then not getting the results that I wanted, then deleting it, and then... That shit like, will fuck up your day, it right? fucks up. I know so many people like that. We know so many people like you know? that. And now, yeah. to be honest, like I've, it took me a while. It took me a while, but now I just post whatever the fuck I want. 
Honestly, you're free. I just, you're free. I, yeah. That's do it. I, do I, my, is my engagement as high as it once was? No. And I'm ready. And I'm, do I get as much, um, uh, advertising benefits as I used to? No, but I don't, I don't, I don't freak out before bed when I need to post. I don't, mm. I, I don't, I don't stress about things that are, that really just don't matter because these are things that are um, like what you see on my Instagram is only a tiny reflection of what my life looks like, mm. you oh, know? Yeah. So like when people, you know, you, these people that I know, they come to me and they're like, oh man, looks like you're living the life, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, whose life are you talking about? Like, like I, I, I tell, I tell people like, yo bro, like I'm still, I'm still working the grind. I'm still, I'm, I still got, I still have to pay New York city rent just like you, you do, you know, like just because I attend a couple of events or I do cool things, it doesn't mean that that's my life 24 mm. seven. And once I took a step away from actually giving a shit, of what my feed looks like, how many likes I'm getting, how many shares, engagements. No, like, like, yeah, is it, is it cool when it happens? I mean, you go viral every so often. Yes. And I'm grateful, but like, it's, it's, I, I find so much, I find such a huge weight just lifted off my shoulders now that I just really just don't give a fuck. People were telling us like, yo, do it this, do it this. And we would pay attention to it in the beginning when we we're starting out. We put out this stuff for free, right? Um, people do donate to our Patreon, which we, you know, certainly, certainly appreciate. But other than that, like, we don't really, you know, we do have a few sponsors that came at us, but we're just like... Um, just didn't work with the vibe of the show. And yeah, you know yeah, yeah. We didn't really feel that. And, and then at times, like, yeah, some videos will get thousands of views. Some videos will get less than a hundred, mm-hmm. and it's kind of crazy, right? We're in that weird place mm-hmm. of YouTube where sometimes it just—I don't know how their algorithm works because they're constantly like updating it. But sometimes, like it just like it could be a year later, one of our videos would just start going. It's mm-hmm. like wow, wow. It's a trend. And then Norm and I got to the point like we don't care. Like, it, dude, if it gets like 10, 20 videos views, like, and it doesn't, but I'm just saying if it does. Like, we just come to a point where we just can learn from one another. And yeah. I think it's important for everyone, even the people listening to the podcast, that you go out there and kind of have your own face-to-face dialogue. Put yourself in a situation. But a lot of people these days, they just don't make the time for it. And that kind of yeah. sucks. Because back in the day, they did. They did. But this, this yeah, everybody's because, uh, too no social fucking media. busy. There's no, yeah. Because you know, of social media. They're know. too busy checking. They're too busy doing everything else that's not making them happy. Yeah. When the happiest shit you can do is develop real relationships, real conversation with real fucking people. I feel like in that aspect, we're kind of devolving. I mean, think about it. You go to an elevator. You go to the train. Everyone's head's down. What, when was the last time you ever looked someone in the eye? Mm-hmm. Right? You know what's that saying? No, uh, I always do your that. Eyes I always stare the, at people. <laughs> yeah. That's weird, though. Soul. But that's right. weird, though. Well, it's weird now. Yeah. But like back when there was no cell phones, like, you know, you look people in the eye and you would talk to them. Be like, your hey, eyes are the windows going? to the soul, right? You speak with your eyes. And that, I feel like, at least with this, well, with, with, with phones and like, literally, like, I'm the kind of person that can walk into an elevator. If there's someone who's already there, I can strike up a conversation easy. No problem. But like, and there have been a couple of times where I would... Just say, hey, what's up? Great shoes or whatever, whatever. And they, they, they'd acknowledge that they heard me, like, thanks, and then go back to their phone. Like, Here's the thing, though. It's not because in those situations, I don't think it's because they're obsessed with their phone. I think their phone just allows them to be introverted. I think we've be. gotten to a point where we just don't know what to say after that. Like, you say, great shoes. Okay, thanks, weirdo. Like, 
Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> you know, that's like, like a stranger coming to me with my yeah, shoes. Yeah, I don't know like, how to respond bro, to that. Like, is he gonna rob yeah, my shoes? Or? Yeah, yeah, like what's going on? All right, like, just a disclaimer. You know? the, 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 I mean, I do talk to random people on the on the elevator all the time, just because I'm just a, I know such people. A I, I, yeah, I know people. You know, who do I, that. I, don't, I I'm fairly confident I don't come off as a weirdo, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm fairly confident. <laughs> uh, but I would say more often than not, people will actually, um, at, at the very least conversate I, I acknowledge, acknowledge you, so. you. They're, not, they're not like I mean, there have been a couple times where okay I'm sure they're thinking in their head okay weirdo leave me alone <laughs> stranger danger right yeah. but like oftentimes it's like because like I look at it like I'm the kind of person that likes to conversate I'm the kind of person I mean hell I wouldn't be a television host and an MC if I didn't like to talk right so um, I like learning about people I like learning about new experiences and I like sharing my story and I like hearing other people's stories you know like I, it, it upsets me that, I mean, don't get me wrong, I oftentimes, especially when there's crazy people on the train, my head is down on my phone, you know, I, I, there are days where I just don't want to communicate with other people, but it's, I, it's hard, I like to communicate with my eyes, like I said earlier, but when nobody, when nobody makes eye contact with anyone anymore, it's, that's the thing, it's weird. For them, they're not used to having a conversation that's not through texting because think about texting you can you know look to another re- resource on yeah. how to respond to this right or you could give yourself more time to think about it right or, or wait till your emotions change about it right so being here in a the moment they're not sure how to play it. so that's why a lot of people this day and age whereas back then the people were more animated there was less filters yeah and then you kind of walk away feeling like oh fuck man did i fuck up that conversation yeah. that person didn't really and we kind of get it oh maybe next time i'll just be quiet maybe i'll just stare at my phone next time and also you were saying about how the internet and phones have caused us to have some level of add like i mean look at us we've been conversating for well over an hour not one of us have touched our phones no right like i didn't touch it but i looked Fair enough. <laughs> well, like, like my phone's at, on my side. I haven't looked at it. I haven't had a desire mm-hmm. to look at it because we've been having such a great conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I'm sure you guys have had guests on here where they couldn't stop looking at their phones, right? While uh, we were, I don't know. No, a lot actually, of the times, yeah. They're no. just, they're pretty much like you. They're Because I, I picked the, the great guests, you know. Oh, fair that, enough. That are focused and I, so I recall, uh, you know, yeah. I won't mention any names, but I, I've interviewed people like uh, for, and for TV segments where, you know, initially made me insecure because I'm like, maybe I'm asking boring questions, but they would look at their phone. Mm-hmm. Maybe they had their notes oh, there. Come on, look at their Instagram. I'm like, that's <laughs> definitely not your notes. Some people just don't have the energy to talk to someone. That's true. One of my closest friends, and, and you know him well, he, he's an introvert. And he told me like, well, man, and I didn't know this, right? And I, 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 I'm somewhat of an introvert myself at times. I think I'm an ambivert. Right? Mm-hmm. I could go depend both, on both ways. But he told me, he goes, well, man, after fucking being out with these motherfuckers, like just talking to people like that and smiling, like he goes, you don't know how tired I get. I'm like, really? He goes, that's why I'm just like flat, mm-hmm. you know, by the time I come out of this shit. He's like, I don't know how to fuck you, all of you guys do this shit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, really? You feel like that? He was like, yo, you don't know. Well, man, it's tired. It's I like a workout. Training, right? Yeah. yeah. And then I'm like, well, how about me? You talk to me all the fucking time. I was like, so you feel tired after talking to me? He's I guess like, it's not a workout. He goes, well, I'm more comfortable with you. With mm-hmm. you, I don't have to put up like a facade. Face. Yeah, right, I don't have to put up right, a face. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm comfortable. I could say crazy shit, and I know you won't judge me for it. You, you know that you know I'm me. Right, you know, right, and right, I'm right. just like, oh, I get it. Mm. I get it. Yeah, you know, because for me, at times when I'm with people, if you're not being yourself, like, I get yeah. energy. How tiring is that? Yeah. If you're not being your true self, but right? I, I get energy being around people. 
Yeah. Like Same. From, yeah, right? Same. So that, that's a trait of an extrovert. Huh. Yeah, Do I like, get energy from people? I get, I, get, I, I feed know. off all that. Like, for example, I'm e- definitely even if I'm at the gym, if I'm at the gym and there's like really not anyone there but me, yeah. uh, I'm, I still get into work, right? Yeah. But if there's other people there for, for, I don't know, this animal shit comes on my head. Competition. And I just, no, it's just, not, it's not competition really because I don't, I, I'm not trying to outlift mm-hmm. a girl or a guy yeah. or impress them. Right. But when there's people around me I, I fucking I get energy. Mm. It's it's this thing. Even like if I'm at a basketball court, yeah. If I'm shooting around, I'll I'll be kind of like uh. But there's other people come shooting around. I'm like I sharpen my yeah. focus. I get more energy. I'm, there's more bounce in my step mm-hmm. than if I'm just shooting around by myself. It's it's weird. I I gain. I I get a lot. I, I feed off of people around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a, you know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking I just had this conversation last night with somebody about, about energies, positive energies and negative energies, which, yeah. is, which is also very, like, you know, if you're going to sulk and, and, or. Oh, like, I stay away from that shit. Yeah. That, because that, because that. You can, yeah, it's contagious. contagious. Yeah, positive well. and negative energy is contagious. You know, like I actually didn't really believe in the whole energy thing until my best friend actually started speaking about it to me. Um, and he. I really didn't think anything of it until like I really started, you know, I'm like, okay, let me keep an open mind and about this whole energies thing. Right. Cause I've, I've always known that I've, I'm the kind of person who gives high energy. That doesn't necessarily mean positive energy. Right. But I, I, I recognize, okay, let me just, uh, you know, I, I'm most talking about positivity and you know, I, that's what I try to put out into the world. And that's, that's brought back to me other positive people. But then when I, when I come across someone who's negative, I feel it. Yeah. Like when someone's talk like a negative Nancy or like a pessimistic Patty, you know what I mean? Like, wow, that's super lame to say that. But, you know, like <laughs> I, I'm kind of brought, I feel like yeah. I'm being brought down a peg or two and I don't like that. Yeah. You know, if, if someone only wants to talk, I mean, like, you know, like you were saying earlier, any, everyone deserves the right to feel a negative way or to mourn after a passing, you know, like get that. But just to create something out of nothing. Just to create something out of nother. nothing or to, I'm meeting you for the first time and you're automatically giving out these negative, weird vibes. Like that brings me down a peg and I don't want to be brought down yeah. a peg. It's because that's where they're most comfortable. Mm. They, that's who they are. They like talking about other people. To them, it makes sense. They, they feel like that's the only way they know how to socialize. Mm. Right. And that's why most people, they can only talk about celebrities. They can right. only talk about uh, uh, their circle of friends. They can only talk shit about this and talk shit about this and, and, and when they do speak positively about something, it doesn't sound genuine. Right. It sounds fake. Right, it sounds right. forced. And those type of people, I really like to avoid with everything. Because the way I go, if, if I'm with you and you're saying all this crazy shit about this person, then when I'm not with you, you must be saying a lot of crazy yeah. shit about me. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, just is unsettling. And yeah. I know some people are going to talk shit. And that's fine. But knowing that you, we are so close right now and that you could get more information on me to kind of twist yeah. and use against me so that you can feel you can socialize and, and gossip or do whatever it is. It's unsettling for me. It's uncomfortable. And I'd rather talk about ideas. I'd rather mm. talk about what else is going on in the world yeah. or or maybe something philosophical, maybe something funny right. or something uh, that's cool that I may not a cool spot you know something like that mm. rather than belittling someone yeah agreed or we could talk about our, our experiences that's cool too mm-hmm. and that, that somehow goes into a negative uh, path I think that's okay because then I can share some of what happened but that's not being negative right 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 right, exactly. right? there's a difference 
Yeah. There's a big difference in that. So but I invite also those like conversations. Within the first 10 seconds of you meeting someone new, you already feel that energy. You can already kind of tell. And like, it feels dirty, doesn't it? feels, yeah. Like you kind of just like, oh, fuck, like, man. Like dirty in the sense like... <laughs> I know, I know yeah. how you feel because uh, I, I was on this date right, and I invited her over uh, to my friend's place and he has a nice place. Um, like a high, he lives in a high rise building and um, the girl comes in right when she comes in she says I hate my boss I hate my coworkers." the negative energy I was like oh shit how do I, the first thought in my head was how do I get out of this date you know I didn't want to continue it uh, wow. at all you know so it, it's it, yeah you, you, you just like you don't want to be around that right. you know especially when you and this is the first time I'm meeting this person so hearing all these negative things about you hate your coworkers and your and your your boss and everything like that, and I'm like, there's no way we can even continue a relationship, right. you know, after this, uh, you know, whatever conversation we're gonna have. So I try to like uh, tell my friend to call me and, and say like, oh, you're my brother, and 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 he broke down his car, and I have to go, and I I, I just told her that I had to leave. Oh, oh damn! End of the date, like within now she's like gonna 15 say, minutes. I hate this. Asian dating No, guy. no, dude. It's like <laughs> making it harder for other Asian no. guys. Well, <laughs> damn. I mean, the, the next, the next day. You're having hard enough, Norm. Come on now. The next day, this is, yeah, uh, this is a while back. But this is, uh, you know, the next day she actually asked me, like, how my brother was. And I was like, I felt super bad. Oh. <laughs> but hey. Maybe she's not a negative person. Maybe. No, no, no. The, the conversation. Quarter in the, the moment. I mean, yeah, the moment. But the conversation didn't stay away from that. Like oh, oh, she so she wanted like stick to it, she and had I'm the like Falcon claws on yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And I tried to change the subject, it but it wasn't negative the entire like the first like 20 minutes. Yeah, it was just constant negative. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, like I didn't want to. And be that was you that. said it was, this was a date, a first yeah, date? first date, first date, first meeting, first date. Yeah, Damn. yeah, that's a red flag because if y'all not even serious yet, that that gives you a big mm. window. Like, mm. is yeah. that the first shit you taste? That's you the person want to spit it out. Had you know? I mean, I think it's okay for her to share with you her her. Bad day, work, right? yeah. Even in, at, during the date, it's okay to say, "Yeah, I'm in a position where I don't like enjoy working where I work because I don't like my coworkers and my boss." But like to constantly dwell on that and make yeah. that the focal point point of eighty percent of your conversation, yeah, I I wouldn't want a second date either. I mean, this is the first meeting. I mean, come yeah, on, first meeting want, yeah. too. Yeah, so. was she pretty attractive to you? That's uh, why. That's oh, oh, why. so you're saying like if the attraction level, physical attraction level, was different than the negative scale instead of uh. crazy we have the negative scale there's so much you would know <laughs> about that let's no. say like, would you compromise more if you were more physically attracted i would have her? extended That's the conversation the a little longer mm-hmm. yes but it didn't the i mean it didn't go anywhere so i'm right. gonna call bs on that no, no even even if if, if, if if she was like halle berry walking in and she was oh, like okay. i hate my job i hate my day yeah would you be like a car broke down i gotta bounce <laughs> well i mean not not that instinct i or mean instant you, right but so, like Oh really? Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm here to listen. You know, yeah. tell me, tell <laughs> tell me, me you're dead. You know, tell me your problems. You, need, you sound like you need a drink. You want a drink? You want to get a drink? <laughs> you know, be completely different. You kind of massage that whole <laughs> negativity out of her. Wait, wait. Do you want a foot massage? See, isn't it funny though? There is, there is like just some. Actually, some I, would, I don't know. I actually don't know if that if that situation ever happened again. Maybe I I would have reacted differently, but. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. I, I, but yeah, generally it me, is. Me it personally, is. I would have probably done the same thing. Like honestly, like if if that person, if it if that 
If the date didn't go well, I'm not going to, you know, prolong the date. So I, no, I can admit that I've been on dates, similar dates where I was just not attracted to the things that were that she was saying, mm-hmm. you know. But I, I, and this is me and my younger self, and this might might have actually happened recently. I'm just maybe just blocked it out of, I've just blocked it out of my memory. But I have in the past compromised certain. Mm. If I, the more attracted I was to to my date, there were more things I was willing to compromise. Mm. But knowing that it, you know that it probably okay, wouldn't lead anywhere. It probably wouldn't lead anywhere. But I would compromise certain, you know, I would give her more opportunities to redeem herself. Uh, to, not redeem herself. That sounds terrible. But like, <laughs> there, I would. At the end of the day, it's my fault mm. because there are clear red flags, and I'm looking. I'm overlooking it purely because I'm physically attracted, and I tell myself that I'm not going to do that anymore. Like even <laughs> if, even if I were to like go on a date with a with like a, a superstar. I tell my, I keep telling myself that I'm not going to compromise certain values, certain things. Gemma Chan. I think some things might be, might be more compromised with her, but yeah. you know, like I mean, like Gemma Chan, God, she's so she's beautiful. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like if if I was on a date with Gemma Chan and she straight up told me how miserable she was for the first 20 minutes of my life, I'll be completely honest. I'll give her another hour to to, <laughs> to, to, to try to tell me how beautiful her life is. You know. I, I think yeah, I, I would if I was really attracted to a girl. I mean, I've. I have made compromises where, mm. but it didn't feel like a compromise. Mm. You know, it felt more like, like I'm so attracted to her because let's 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 face it, like looks are got to be there to begin with. There has to be something that attracts you, yes. like I agree. physically. That's what attracts you. Like, oh my gosh, that looks beautiful. I mean, that's just in nature, right? Mm-hmm. That's a, a natural thing, mm-hmm. and then personality is there to stay, right? That's what locks you in. Mm-hmm. But if they're really attractive, and I mean, like, just for some reason, you're just head over heels, love at first sight type of shit, you're willing to put up with a lot of things that even, like, would usually turn you off. You're willing to give it, like, a second and a third and a fourth shot. We all have done it. Even I, women, I've all right? I've, I've had really close female friends that let their, you know, some guys. I would never date a guy that watches football all day. Next thing you know, like, her boyfriend watches football all fucking day. Mm-hmm. Right, I said to myself, I would never date a girl with bad breath, and this girl was super hot. Mm. <laughs> she, she was super hot, but her breath was horrid. It was, kicking. Mm. It was that kicking is putting it mildly, and and I was like, I, I tried, tried to figure out why her breath stank so much, and I think it's because she didn't drink enough water. She was always fucking dry, like, <laughs> and it was the worst when we would we would party. And mm. and and she would drink beer, like have a beer here and there. Makes you dry, yeah. And it makes it even worse. Yeah, yeah. And then she would try to kiss me, and with beer breath. And I would just kind of like I, I I be Mayweather would be off the Philly roll of oh like, gosh, it does sound harsh, but that is right? the truth, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, there are things that you are willing to, you know, gloss over, gloss yeah. over, depending yeah. on your. Attraction. attraction but not only that but you could be attracted to and i'm just talking about physical but once you get to know someone their personality could be attractive right and they can have flaws in the other way where they're not physically attractive mm-hmm. but you're willing to overlook that because their personality is so unique yeah maybe they're funny and you're not used to meeting a funny ass girl mm-hmm. that can make you laugh right. maybe she's not what 
a society tells you is beautiful. Mm. So I understand it on both ways. You right. could be attracted to someone physically. There's different levels of attraction. And it sounds like you dated a lot of girls from different races, right? Well, I've had my fair share. What would you say is different from dating an Asian girl? I like dating Asian girls because there's, even though we may not represent the same culture, the same country, there are some underlying similarities. Culturally. Right? Culturally that extend through many countries in Asia, right? Like rice rice <laughs> right or you enter someone's house what's the first thing you do yeah you gotta take, take them off, damn take shoes off your shoes right yeah. like that's like understood doesn't matter if you're in indonesia if you're in laos china japan or korea yeah like you walk into any of their houses the first thing you do you take off your shoes right little things like that i mean you know there are there are bigger things but like i like that understanding that despite the fact that we may represent different uh, countries or cultures there are still similarities mm -hmm. Whether it's, like you said, food, right? Rice, noodles, like, you know, mm -hmm. there, there, there are differences, but at the same time, there are similarities. So I like that feeling of different but same, you know, I know exactly when what it mean. comes to dating Asian women specifically. Yeah. When it comes to dating uh, women of other races, I'm completely open to it, you know, uh, and I have. And it's an opportunity for me to learn uh, of, for some through you know on the eyes of someone else like their culture their food how they were raised and you know and i look at it as a learning experience um my preference is deaf you know i definitely do like dating my preference is definitely dating asian girls uh because i like that uh familiarity um you know in addition to my, my attraction for asian women as well um but yeah dating outside of asian i think i would say um, it, it is different. My biggest, my biggest thing is I like that familiarity, you know, like when I, I had a couple exes who were Chinese and their culture is radically different than Indonesian culture. Right. But at the same time, it was, we had these like, you know, understandings that, you know, like you and you, me, Norm, like we, there are certain things that we understand just as Asians that we like we just don't have to speak about it but we understand mm -hmm. you know and it's the same way when you date an asian girl when you date someone of your same culture or you know that i did not get when you know i remember i dated this one girl she was white and when i when i entered her house for the first time i took off my shoes and she's like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, I don't want to mess up your floor. You know, bro. you know that's what I'm doing. So she didn't get that? She, she thought it was strange? I mean, like, this is also like seven, eight years ago. Okay. Um, this particular instance was like about seven, eight years ago. Uh, and I mean, I wasn't offended. I wasn't, or I was just kind of like, okay, I guess I'll put my shoes on. Like, I find it weird to wear shoes indoors, like so do in, I. inside someone's house. I don't even find it weird. I find it gross. Yeah, I find it gross. It's dirty. Especially if it's carpet. Yeah. That's gross. Yeah, that's super gross. There's two things. There's, and it's very small, but it's very big. Mm -hmm. Like it's shoes inside the house. Like if you're walking around New York city and you going into my career, like you taking your damn shoes yeah. off. That's one. Yeah. Two. Sludge. You've been sitting on benches, subways, and all this shit outside clothes. On my bed. Oh yeah, yeah. So you try to get on my bed. bed with that. That's that's dead. Mm. Or that's, even my sofa. Yeah. I'm kind of like I'm like <laughs> <laughs> cringing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like 
I'm like, do you need I'll, a pair allow, of sweatpants? I'll allow the sofa. I'll, I'll allow the sofa. I mean, it's the sofa's communal. For me, is, you know? yeah, sofa for me is, uh, like, I'm your not bed is your private my, domain. My bed you know? is different. Though. Sometimes like, I pass gotta, out on my, cu- my couch sometimes. And or like, oh, me too. But or yeah, like, so I'll sit on my couch and then, like, you know, I'm in my sweats or my shorts. I'm about to go to bed in, right? Mm-hmm. And then you sit on your couch and then you go on your bed. You just carried half of that junk onto your bed, <laughs> you know? So it's like, it's like, it, it hmm. pet peeve. Pet peeve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's, predominantly an Asian thing. Like we kind of get that mm-hmm. like right away where we're like, Oh, that's not weird. That's, yeah. that's normal. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing that's catching on. Like there's science has proven that you walk around with shoes in a house, you're spreading the germs all over the place. Yeah. It's, it's gross. It's scientifically proven. And a lot of people, I know some of my white friends, some of my Spanish friends, they take their shoes off. Yeah. They take mm-hmm. their shoes off. Yeah. I went in their house. <laughs> I w- reason I went in their house and I, I'm so used to not taking my shoes off in their house. They were like, well, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, what do you mean? Like, take your shoes off. And I looked at, I was like, what the fuck are you talking? And I looked on the side. There was like a bunch of shoes on the side. Love, I was like, I love that. Mm-hmm. I was love like, that. yo, when the fuck did y'all get turned Asian? I was like, what the, <laughs> what's going on here? And they're like, well, it's nasty. I was like, yo, last time I was here, you was cool with it. He goes, yeah, that's last time. Take your shoes off. <laughs> I was like, wow. I learned. Man. I love it. I, I love like, it. All right. That's, I dig that. But all right. Going back to dating. All right, so yeah, there's differences there. Is, does that difference carry over that chemistry? Just forget about like just conversation. Does that chemistry carry over in like bed? Mm, I mean, does it, is it different when you make out with an Asian girl and when you make out with a girl who isn't Asian, or is when you're sleeping with a girl who's Asian versus when you're sleeping with a girl who's not Asian? Do you see any differences there? I mean, not really. I mean, when it comes to intimacy, like. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think. I'm like, I'm like, going through my memory banks right now, and I'm kind of just like, at the end of the day, like, I'm not. I'm also not like a jerk that, like, you know, like I, I, I do it and then I leave. You know what I mean? Like, I'm very cordial. I'm, it doesn't matter what race you are. I'm gonna be, you know, I'll, I'll be there, provided that you still want me there. And I don't know. I'm trying to think. It's kind of like, I, I don't think there was any personal difference for me based on based on their background, their race. I mean, how about you guys? Was that something that you guys experienced? <laughs> no. With you, yeah, I know you dated, I dated a lot I've, of girls outside I've dated of uh, Asians. Caucasian, I've dated Spanish, I've dated Asian. Mm-hmm. Uh, intimacy, bed, in the bed, bedroom, there's no difference for me. Mm-hmm. No. It, what's the difference is, I guess, the, um, <clears throat> the experience of the, of the, the girl and you know you know kind of the the size proportion you know it's 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 different so that's you know. that's what i was going to say if there you is know? a for me there's an absolute difference yeah mm, culturally absolutely oh you you saying like there there's an actual difference culturally between for sure for sure so Can you elaborate yeah number 1 body type okay different yeah i mean different well, like, people yeah. people have Some, all types of body types yeah. from yeah, yeah. different no, no, races no, but like Right. So. right. so, so Asian girls, like I'm not saying all, right? But are more petite. You saying they're more petite, right? They're absolutely mm-hmm. more petite. And I dated a few Spanish girls, right? Just the ones that I dated was very voluptuous, mm-hmm. right? And then some guys like petite, some guys like voluptuous. And there's some petite so, Spanish girls too. Yeah. yeah, and there's some girls that were a little heavier, mm-hmm. and I was okay with that. But some some girls were a little lighter. I was okay. Some girls were skinnier, mm. naturally skinny. A lot of them had smaller hips, right? Whereas some other girls had larger hips, right, 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 right. And it's just, and that plays a role. It feels different. 
Yeah. Uh, you know what? Now you know that what I mean? Think, now that you put it in that perspective, some it, of them yes. have. It's different. Like I think um, the hair, the the feel of the hair is also different, mm-hmm. and um, just the body type. I'm no, speaking, no, like I, gibberish. I think it's more body type for from my perspective. Yeah, yeah. I definitely see. I see your point. I think you're lying to yourself if you're saying there's no difference, or either that or you're unaware. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah. what I'm thinking, what I'm taking from what you're saying is. So Asian people are, are more aligned with other Asian people in terms of just physic physicality. No, no, okay, no, um, absolutely not. Like I think it depends on what you prefer. Like for example, if uh, I like a certain body type, just like all right, let's just say I love dark skin, right? Yeah, okay. Let's so say I love girls that are thar- it's just a preference. Visually, intimately, that's going to arouse me more, right? Because that's what I'm into, right? So when I kiss a girl that has dark skin or tan skin. Or brown skin. She could be. She could be Indian. She could be black. She could be uh, Dominican. It, for me, it was more of like, okay, I my preference is physically is is towards these women, but it never dawned on me to like uh, because of that physicality is actually associated with like a. Ethnicity. Because if you're attracted to a girl, yeah. I think the you're, you'll find that connection more. Mm-hmm. The more you're attracted. Oh, to... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll give oh, that yeah, effort. A thousand That's percent. what I'm saying. A thousand percent. Not all Asians are petite. Like, you know, not like all that. Asians yeah, are petite. Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying that. But you're just... In my very small sample size, the girls that I dated that were Asian... Have been in these categories. And, and, right? Yeah, right, they were right, petite. Right, right. Yeah. You know? I, I, that said, I don't even have a preference of like Asian girls. Like you mm-hmm. say, you get along with uh, Asian girls, right? You vibe with them. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, And I, I would say... But I don't have a preference. Like right. Asian, white, black... Hispanic is just at the end of the day, it it's I I kind of just whatever have more chemistry with, I'll lock that down. Regardless of of background, race, and or identity, I get that. Doesn't matter. I get it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you you like what you like, and I think nor married a Dominican girl. He just yeah, I saw that. Congratulations, brother. Uh, let me sit back down here. Uh, yeah, I mean, culturally, I I thought she was very. I mean, culturally similar to 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 my background. Right. I had to take off my shoes when, when I visited her mom. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many similarities. I, I guess it just, to me, I, I it, it was an eye-opening experience. Like, oh, we're not that different after all. Dating Did outside she my feel culture. the same way dating an Asian guy? Was she like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, I would love to know what her perspective was. Yeah. What, what, was there any reservations? Did she think? No, there was no reservations. And I asked her, like, were you, you, did you have a fetish? Did you, you know, Asian fetish? She said, no. You know, I thought you were cute. I thought, uh, you know, and I wanted to meet you. Were you cute for an Asian guy? No, never. No, she said like regular. <laughs> you know, she she didn't say for Asian guys. She she was very open. So that's dope. Yeah, and and to me, I love that. You know, the fact that you know it wasn't. Oh, you love Asian culture. You're not into you know K-pop or anything like. That. Actually, that's kind of refreshing. Actually, mm-hmm. right now she's watching all these like dramas, mm-hmm. like. K dramas, uh, Asian dramas. I, like, I watched a couple. Of wow, these are interesting. Yeah, you know? but she's Dominican, right? Yeah, I know. You know? I so love, her, her, so her background is so different. Like, right? From she that. didn't. She didn't come from that. Yeah, she didn't come from that. Yeah, I she didn't come that. from like, oh, Asian culture is the shit. But I, I just want people to misconstrue that Korean entertainment does not represent the all whole, of the Asian. whole gamut of yeah Asian. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it just happens to be the one that is the most dominant at the moment. Uh, and it, but they're putting know, out some good shit. They're putting out some mm. quality. It is between Parasite, BTS, Squid Game. Like it, yeah. it is, it is absolutely excellent. excellent. Their cinematography is off the damn chain. Too. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I don't want people to misconstrue that as 
purely Asian entertainment because we represent like how they so did with Bruce much. Lee, like everyone's well, yeah. Chinese. I mean, look at look at look at look at um look at Bollywood, right? Or Asia has so much so much to offer other than what we are currently being presented directly in front of our faces, which is predominantly Korea, uh, South Korean entertainment, you know. And I think it's great that uh, South Korea has been able to get. Asian entertainment uh, into the eyes of the American, well, the mainstream consciousness. What I'd like to see is it kind of open the door for other Asian cultures to be represented. Whether it be like, I mean, I'm biased when I say Indonesian, mm-hmm. but people people don't even know that Indonesia is the fourth largest country in the world, behind China, India, America is my country of Indonesia. But it doesn't even register a blip on the on anyone's consciousness now. You know, it's like South Korea objectively is a a much smaller country, but its influence has has reached the entire world. You know, I want to see Philippine Philippine culture. I want to see uh, I want to see some dramas coming out of Hong Kong. I want to see stuff coming out of, you know, give me give me a country that that is oftentimes uh, under the radar. Laos, Mm. you know, Vietnamese, Vietnamese, you know, Cambodia, Cambodia. You know these countries have so much, uh, so much to offer culturally, oh gosh, yeah. entertainment-wise. Yeah, like, I had a blast hanging out in their countries. Oh, yeah. I mean, you visited. So, I, oh I lived there for a couple gosh, of years. Like, yeah, it's like, amazing. Man, if if you like, and I'm not saying that that other countries offer better entertainment than what I'm, uh, than than Korea. Uh, objectively, I think Korea produces probably the best. But there's, but there's different. There, there's different things that they can share yes it may not be in the form of pop culture yes but there's other things that are really fucking cool about and that's what i want that's what i'm hoping that this k entertainment can do and and i hope it's not just limited to just korea because yeah. I, I pray that that people will look at it and be like oh wow asia is a vi- is a viable uh, is a viable resource for entertainment culture and whatever and not just and people will realize well hey asia just isn't one country two right. countries it's literally like a bunch yeah. of countries representing a bunch of different one country can represent have like 400 different ethnic groups right mm. not everyone in china speaks mandarin mm. not everyone in indonesia speaks indonesian not everyone speaks tagalog in in philippines you know, you and, and I know that because we're Asian, we recognize that. But what I what I really want is for for other countries, especially countries that are constantly overlooked, to be given the opportunity to shine mm. um, in the Western consciousness. I think it'll get there as doors continue to be open, mm-hmm. um, but it has to be in the form of I think pop culture first. It has to be yeah. in something that's like entertainment it has to yeah. be or yeah. or, or um, food right it needs to be people like I remember back in the day people used to think that Asian food was really weird and mm. exotic right yeah. and now people are like oh shit ramen noodles the jam yo mm. fuzz the jam sushi oh my gosh like this is amazing Thai food like people are really and these are people there who aren't Asian. Yo, I'm having Thai tonight. Mm. I'm getting sushi. Will, you wanna come along? Hey, Will, we're going here. And it's always an Asian spot, right? Yeah. And I'm like, why are we always going to Asian spots? It's <laughs> the know? best. But they, they say we love <laughs> Asian food. We love Asian food. And I'm just like, All right, cool, man. I was like, I'll I dig it too, but you know, 
don't don't think you're making me feel comfortable. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I can eat other stuff too. Yeah. Um, I say that jokingly because they know what's up. But yeah. my point is, it is becoming more mainstream. Uh, maybe not to the older generation, yeah. but the younger generation getting up. The world is a lot smarter because of social media. Yeah. Because they can just look on their phones and see what everybody's doing in that part of the world. Or someone else has, you know, one that there are some people that have travel uh, or vlogs. food vlogs or whatever. And they try different foods. So maybe some influencer that they follow and they're going, oh, well, that does look delicious. You know, maybe that's their gateway to get in is through that influence. Mm -hmm. It's a different world we live in. And I, I, I think they're going to see that. They're going to find beauty in all these little countries. It may not even be in Asia. I think there's a lot of factors, like not, not just like entertainment, food. There's going to be like, you know, it's inter, you know, interracial marriages, all these intermingling of different cultures, people traveling. Technology is also pushing this. Like people, uh, a lot of more people are traveling. I think all these things are going to give that opportunity to a lot of people to experience like the world. And I think that's going to push like uh, everybody to understand each other a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. One last thing I want to touch on. Sure. Uh, all right, you're an activist. You took a break. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like, is that strange that someone would be a part-time activist? Mm. <clears throat> so, um, and I don't mean that offensively. No, no, of course not. I didn't okay, take it yeah. offensively. Um, I'm just trying to articulate um, how, how to answer this. So uh, first and foremost, I am an entertainer. Uh, I'm a television host. Uh, it's my passion. It's my, it's my pleasure to do it. Um, that's always taken priority in my life. And over the last year or over, over the course of this pandemic, as our people collectively have been blamed physically assaulted for a pandemic that had absolutely nothing to do with us. Um, I found that I couldn't really just sit on the sidelines. I had to, at the very least, I had to do something about it. And it was, you know, I, I'm blessed to say that, you know, I, I don't think that I'm any more special than anybody else. I'm paying overpriced New York city rent, just like everyone else. Right. But I'm, you know, you know, I, I do have a little bit of a platform and I, needed to use it to to educate and inspire people and one of my best friends uh his name's jack liang uh he approached me it was uh shortly after the it was shortly after the atlanta shootings and he said we have to do something this this can't happen anymore we can't keep constantly reading stories of grandmothers being burned we can't constantly see uh, instagram videos of, of an asian family being cussed out at a restaurant like, this isn't right you know i myself had, had experienced racism in the subways being called coronavirus uh, up until that point and we couldn't sit back and do anything uh and do nothing sorry and so we we helped uh um so he was the focal i was i was just like I was just more or less his right hand, uh, but he helped organize one of the largest rallies uh, alongside the uh, Fung Bros um, that garnered a lot of media attention, raised, over, uh, I don't know, had over 10,000 people or something. I don't forget what the number was. I was there. It was a lot of people. You were there, right. Uh, you know, was a lot. We were there. Attended uh, by Andrew Yang and uh, Andrew Yang, Chuck right. Schumer, mm -hmm. and I got the pleasure to uh, MC that event, and it was great. And was oh my gosh, now that you mentioned, I do remember you emceeing. <laughs> yeah. Who's that kid? Oh, no, I'm just connecting it now. Yeah, I'm yeah connecting yeah. it now. Okay, yeah. That was me. You know, it was my job to make sure that everyone was hype and 
but uh, I wanted to make sure that people recognize that we're not here for a day to, to chant rhymes and, and, you know, we're here to support the, the community. We wanted to help the, the community that was affected by the COVID, but also bring awareness to non-Asians. But we also wanted to, for, for our fellow Asians, we wanted to bring us together. And there was a lot of other people of color there. A lot of other people. Yeah, they made was, up a good percentage yeah, of that, that 10,000. It was a blessing to see other uh, people of color there to support us as well as our uh, as well as our Caucasian allies as well. Yes. You know, it was fantastic to see that much diversity uh, in one setting fighting for the same uh, causes. Now, uh, that, you know, on if you just attended like you guys did and you saw it, you saw how many people were there. It was fantastic. It was great. Um, what you guys didn't see was the amount of stress that went into it. And God bless uh, Jack because he was the one that literally he worked his hands to the bone to uh, to to make this event happen. And uh, he you so know, he's the one that spearheaded this whole oh, thing. he spearheaded the entire thing. And uh, anyone that says any different, um, I'll straight up say is a liar. Uh, anyone else that was involved uh, was, in fact, uh, co-organizers as like I was myself. But anyone else that tries to take credit for anything more than that uh, is a straight up liar. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack Liang was pretty much responsible for the entire uh, event. I thought. Uh, that other people were the ones that spearheaded this. It's, it's unfortunate, and it's unfortunate because you know uh, you were saying why I'm doing this part time as opposed to right. full time is because I, I can admit that I got a little jaded. Um, Jack and I, after that first successful event, we hosted another event in Times Square. We completely shut down Times Square. Completely shut is down Times Square. That's the one Rihanna popped up in. Yep, that's the one Rihanna mm-hmm. came to. And um, Rihanna came to our event. Unknowingly, of course, she's wearing a mask and everything. Right, right. But like we found out after the fact. But it was intense. Um, you know, we, I say we, um, as in myself and, and, and Jack. Jack, who again, who pretty much spearheaded uh, the Times Square one as well. He, uh, you know, we just, we found that there were a lot of people who were in it for performative reasons. They were not in it because they um, they truly felt that they were helping the community. They felt like it was if to us or let me let me speak on behalf of myself. Um, it felt like a lot of people, especially these names that you've been hearing that were not Jack Liang, were doing it as an opportunity to gain clout and to gain influence, um, and it was just not. It just was. It just didn't feel authentic, and the fact that people have the fact that people have to show it off and talk about you know why why does it have to matter that you, that people have to know that you did it? You were surprised that that Jack was the one who spearheaded the entire thing because he doesn't care about his name being all over the papers. He doesn't care about about taking credit. I mean, but of course, you know when you hear about other people taking the credit. For the hard work that you did, then of course it's it's a little, it's upsetting. It's upsetting, and you yeah. know, and I too was upset, you know, um, you know, and I I too gained some media exposure in my home country of Indonesia, um, you know, but I always I always I always gave credit where credit is due, um, but yeah, I mean, he is. So that that's why you took a step back because I took a step back also because those points of frustration, the points of frustration, and because it's it's almost. 
the amount of stress to put on these events as well. Um, you know, I speak on my on behalf of myself, you know, like I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't take the brunt of a lot. I mean, no, no, let me phrase that actually. Um, I actually got attacked. I actually got attacked a lot on social media from various, uh, various members of both our community and outside purely because, uh, I had, uh, more Instagram followers or because I was verified and people used me, uh, to voice, you know, they would say, they would, they would say that I was not inclusive or, and they wouldn't say it in the, in a very polite way. They would say it like, you know, I had the best intentions of doing what I did, but you know, and I'm not going to be able to please everyone. I try my best to include everyone and you know, no matter how hard you try, you will upset certain people and people try to use my platform as a way to, attack me and it was a feeling I didn't personally like and also I I had came to the realization um that while I feel like I was doing important things for the community um like I'm telling you I was getting I was getting harassed I was getting comments I was getting dms um any death threats not death I mean not not that I've read because there were some messages that I just didn't read Mm -hmm. uh but it was I'm like wait a minute at but why, day, Eric, why? Did they disagree with how you were doing something or did they think that you were doing it because you had another agenda? I don't think it was that. I think it was just, I think, to be honest, I think it was some people didn't feel that certain su- certain subgroups were represented properly or, and, you know, that was not the intent. Uh, our intent was to bring to light um, and bring to light situations to build and rally the community to, you know, just have a, a day where, or have days where we can just come together as a community and, and believe in something and, and get our message across and unite other people of colors and, and white, uh, white allies, you know, Caucasian allies, you know, it was, there was no intent. There was, our intent was just to bring together a hurt community. Mm-hmm. That was it. So what was their gripe with you? Uh, their gripe with me uh, was, well, with the organizers all in, like, you know, generally, or some of it was like, oh, you're not, it's not inclusive enough. Or like, I, I believe like, like to other Asians, to other, like to certain, like, uh, for example, one of them, I believe said there was not enough LGBTQ um, uh, representation, despite the fact that we had, a, we had a couple uh, representing um, and some people, oh, some of it was politically uh you know, politically fueled, like, for example, we had Andrew Yang come up on stage and, you know, he, you know, whether you support him or not, he's a politician. You're either going to love him or you're going to hate him. And because we did bring him on stage, that is kind of like border. That's, like, I guess, an endorsement. Of, yeah, right. Yeah. And at the time, he was, running just, for, he was running for mayor right. in New York City for that. that time. So, yeah. but, you know, when you have a Chuck Schumer or when you have a... a, a um, you know, someone of political influence like that who wants to speak on, you know, speak to her community, we're going to give him that platform if, if, if we believe that he's going to help the situation, mm-hmm. right? But, so, but not everybody agrees politically, mm-hmm. which is their right. Uh, I just didn't think it was, I, I just didn't think that attacking the guy with the most Instagram followers is going to make any difference. But it definitely, it definitely made me like, uh, like I'm a little, like I don't know if I can constantly you know like if my at the time my mindset was just like okay i need i need to take a step back you know but even though um i stopped even though we stopped being at the forefront of um 
of the of the rallies and stuff like that, I was still attending other like particularly Black Lives Matter rallies, right? You know, so I never stopped being an activist. I just stopped organ. I just stopped being in the forefront. Being in the for uh, well, I I, I don't want to say because I don't want to take. I want to give as much credit as I can to my best friend Jack because he is the freaking man when it came to it. Um, but yeah, I, I think I think um, it was just a lot of pressure pr- not pressure it was just a lot of you're dealing with a lot of people a lot of egos and a lot of um a, a lot of hidden agendas you know and when something's not clear to me and i don't know people's motivations and whatever it's just it's just an unnecessary stress and i want to keep my hair black i don't want to get white you know what I mean? i'm not trying to lose hair <laughs> gray. you know but but yeah i mean i'm still I still attend. I still attend rallies when and where I see them. I'm still very, very closely linked with a lot of other uh, stop Asian hate um, figures. You know, it's just I've taken a step back. Your role has changed. My my role, and you know, like uh, I'm, I will still passionately speak about it when I feel it's appropriate. But I don't. I don't jam it down anyone's throat. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's my 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 biggest my biggest concern is that. I wrote a post not too long ago where uh, I did a job for someone and they called me Viet Cong as they were giving me the check. Oh my, my God. Payment, right. And as I was educating him that I was Indonesian and in fact it was two different countries and why it was inappropriate to call me that, you know, I wrote that on my Instagram and I also said, Hey, you know, stop Asian hate isn't supposed, I mean, in my opinion, this is my opinion that stop Asian hate shouldn't just be that one thing that one rally you went to that one time it shouldn't be a fad you know it should be a real thing and despite the fact that i don't post about it as much and uh you know i I still occasionally post it you know just so people don't forget hey we are still facing some level of persecution some level of discrimination you know but like it is a little a little sad to see like it's not as you know, because I still see stuff on uh, on the news. Asian lady gets attacked. Asian family gets attacked. Well, recently, an Asian woman just got punched in the head for no reason. Yeah, and they're searching for that lady because she actually said it, they they said this said classifies something. as yeah. a hate crime because she did say uh, racist things before yeah. she punched her. You know, I wish there were more actions that could be taken. Uh, I wish, I wish for less performative activism and more actionable. Um, things to be done, mm-hmm. you know. Why do you think there's performative activism? Is it just to get their social media numbers up? That is definitely, um, in my opinion, that is definitely one of them. Uh, I do believe that is uh, a very big reason is because people want social clout. Uh, I believe that people want to. But do you think people see through it? Like certain individuals, it's... yeah. Certain individuals, yeah. Um, you know, I've I've made it clear to a lot of people that I work with, that I've collaborated with. Yes, I I want to assist, but first and foremost, I am an entertainer. I'm an I am an entertainer. I am a television host. Like that, you know that I want and I want to use my platform to help as best I can. And I will say the things I need to say, and I will uh, do the things that I need to do to help assist. Um, but there's only a certain level that I'm willing to, you know. Uh, personally, personally, do I need to focus on my career? You know, and I, I apologize if that sounds insensitive or anything, but that doesn't mean I'm completely, 
taking myself outside of it, I'm still supporting when and where I can in the in my own personal capacity. Mm-hmm. I see. I mean, there's the words. I don't want to get overly um, emotional or upset, but just the things that are done to people that I know. Um, I know people that have been attacked, people close to me. Uh, they would jump, um, assaulted, or their kids. People had said those things to them. And being there trying to fight for it. And then, and I heard from a lot of people, we know a lot of people that are part of this movement that's bringing awareness, that's fighting for us to have better laws in place at the very least to address this, Mm -hmm. right? And what it seems like to me is that we're divided in some sense. Oh, yeah. You're talking about the Asian community in general. Yeah, because there's so many for, and I don't know why, but there's just so many different paths that they want to take. The end goal is the same, Mm -hmm. right? It's to stop Asian hate. Right. But how we get there, that's where it's different. People have opinions on that. And that's what we're fighting about. And at the same time, what I'm saying is, I don't care how we get there. If we get there, fucking great. Because... We're doing it but if we sort get, of for us, if we but get more it, for the future generation. If we get there in a way that goes against what you believe in, but the end goal is the same, is what you want, how does that make you feel? If it means, and I know that, you know, it's one of those, do the ends justify the means, right? Mm-hmm. If we're going to war, and it's tough, it's the tough, it's not the sexy answer, but if we're going to war, you're going to crack a few eggshells to make mm-hmm. an omelet, Right? Then so be it. Because at the end of the day, if it means that we survive or we die slow, mm. I'm going to choose survive all day. I'm going to choose survive 100% than to die slow, right? Not wanting to stick around to see more innocent people yeah. get assaulted just because they look a certain way. I mean, that's fucking crazy yeah. in 2021. Yeah. It is absolute, and and it's not, it's it's things that go against the rules. When we talked about man up earlier, well, part of that culture back in the day, you don't attack women and children. No. You don't attack grandmas and grandpas. You this this little five six year old boy got his face slashed mm. at a at a while with his father while he was at a market. Another one that I saw, a video that I saw, another one, he has a baby in a stroller. Did you see that one? I think it was out in California. And and then he, all of a sudden, the dude starts start wailing on him while the baby's in the stroller. Now the stroller's starting to roll out off the curb. I mean, that can't happen. Mm-mm. That that can't happen. So does some things need to get addressed? I think so. I yeah. think so. And... It may not, and I know things don't happen overnight, but if it means that the future generation, our kids, our grandkids, our great grandkids will be okay, then we do what we have to do. Mm. We do what we have to do to create that. And if that means make a strong push collectively, and if we all want to go there separately, which I think creates more friction and makes things way harder on everyone, but if we get there like that, then I'm okay with it. Mm. But if we can find, if we can consolidate our power, then yeah, we could 
I mean, strategically, warlike, if mm. you're going to war, strategically, if you consolidate your power into focus into one point, you'll break through it a lot faster than going all these different fucking directions and trying to distract each other while going there. Right. Right. If you put all that energy into one area, you're going to be able to make a breakthrough. Right. You can still separately, but it's going to take a lot longer. It's unfortunate, but the real the realization is that that's probably what's going to happen is that we're not going to collectively agree on one way to do it in fact it's not going to be two it's going to be like a million different ways unless we have a leader that can that everyone agrees this is the guy i don't know that's that will happen because when you look at mlk and malcolm they had differing agendas and but the ultimately they wanted to achieve the same thing right but it did consolidate the ideas yes i mean like it did motivate people inspire people to to push it was fractionalized right but when you have that, at least it made it sharper, right? It influenced, and it actually influenced people that may not have been part of the movement or very casually about it. Maybe they went to one event. Maybe this time they were like, no, we need to. Or maybe it sparked someone after 20 years from now, 30 years from now. Maybe that voice spark the change into the next person that's going to be able to make a big difference right so that's what's important mm-hmm. yeah. that's so you, when you're doing things like this it's really more about the long game mlk had to know that his life was was you know the, the changes he wanted to see he wasn't gonna, gonna see like them. He, i think he would be surprised if he got mm-hmm. to live a full life mm-hmm. you know yeah. i think when you're taking a role like that at that time and he was a young dude too i think in 30s yeah I mean, gosh, imagine, imagine if he was alive today. I mean, imagine all our heroes was alive today. What, what it would be like? I mean, I think if you were alive right now, he'd, he'd, he'd see the progress, but I think he'd also, I think he'd also understand that racism is, racism is still alive and well, you know, and there's still a lot of work to do. Yeah. But there's, there's some reason it just seems weird when there's someone that's not part of the system when there's an outlier. Mm. that has the power to influence people, that person usually gets shut down. Mm-hmm. And I think people are aware of that. So I think that's why a lot of people tend to stay in their lane mm. because they're not willing to die for this shit. But then you also have other, but it also goes the other way because you have other people in power uh, who are not exactly shy about the way they feel or, you know, People in power who are no longer in power at the moment, uh, I think we know who we're talking about, you know, they fuel, their rhetoric fuels a lot of hatred and division as well and continues, continues, you know, like um, it's almost the antithesis to, to, to MLK. I think it was alive and well before him. Mm-hmm. I think to give that person that much credit is is not looking at the real problems fair enough i think he certainly didn't help mm-hmm. uh, do you think he like amplified it and made it okay for it to be more public Who's, to be, well like if he if the if talking about Voldemort? i was talking about i was talking about trump mm-hmm. but if if people i mean you know people he is very influential he was the president of this country and you know I'm sure there are people who are looking at him and saying, well, if, he, if the president is saying that, if he can say that, it's emboldening me, it's empowering me to say the same thing. Well, let me ask you something. Did it stop when Biden came into office? No. I mean, it's, it's so still that, there. That's my point. Right. That's my point. Right. Biden's been 
been in office for a while now, mm-hmm. Asian attacks are still occurring. Yeah. Right. And and I knew that. I mean, I, we had guests on the show before blaming Trump, this, that, and the third. And I'm like, hold on there. Pump the brakes. That's not the root. I mean, the root of the problem goes much deeper. The, it, it was there before Trump got on. Right. Right. It was there after Trump got on. So what, what are we, what, we're going to blame Trump before? We're going to blame Trump again after? Like, well, what are we doing here? We got to look at the real issues here. Right. Yeah. It's, it's someone can come up and say something crazy, but you know what I mean? It's what's, we could put a good person in that seat and it's still prevalent and nothing's been changed. Yeah. What's the real issue? It's, it's the laws around it. Okay. And it's the media around it. We need those two things. We need the laws to toughen up on these hate crimes and correctly media label coverage. it. Yeah. And the second thing, you need the right media coverage to vilify these actions mm-hmm. appropriately, mm-hmm. right? I think that's the first two steps we have to take. And then we can do everything else afterwards. And then anybody else that says that type of shit, right? Now, when you have a politician or you have an entertainer, if they say something really crazy, right? Then everyone collectively, even people in their own camp will go, yo, 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 chill, bro. That's, nah. Yeah. That's not cool, man. You can't joke like that. Like, that's not... Well, nobody's rocking like that anymore. It's mm. not fucking 2021. Mm. So that's what we're... We know that's not going to change by the end of this year. But I'm saying later on, I want people to go, yo, this isn't the 2020s, man. Like, you don't talk like that. Yeah. But you got to have laws in place first. And then you got to have social media and media, mainstream media, address this appropriately. And make bring awareness and, and, and look at... You got to vilify that type of behavior because it is some villainous shit. Mm-hmm. but for some reason nobody cares about until a bunch of people get shot up and even then I mean my man had enough audacity to go up on that and say I mean the guy shot up all these Asian spies and they were like I don't know if it's Asian hey he was just having a bad day yep. what mm, yep. you know what that, that's crazy to me that's I remember I remember the, I remember what? the amount of anger that flowed through my my veins when I first heard that dude was just having a bad day like i mean i don't know about you guys i'm sure you guys felt something similar but i just felt an intense rage and you know me i'm a positive guy but all that positivity went out the window and i was just consumed by negative energy and i was kind of like i can't believe this just happened and i can't believe uh that is that is the explanation Mm -hmm. like just to casually write it off it's a bad day where where Mm. do you Norm and I go, always go in circles around this, but where do you take it as a when a comedian says something wild, borderline racist? Is it okay for comedians mm. to kind of towards Asians? Right. Mm. Is it is that okay, or do you go, nah? Uh, I mean, I definitely. I don't know what my answer is that to that, but when I do hear a comedian say something against you know because we are Asian, I'm Asian. When I hear uh, something that I find to be in poor taste, I cringe. Even if it was, even if it's a joke, I cringe. Like, um, you know, I mean, I'm not telling the guy what to do or what to say, but like, I don't. And racism of any kind, I personally don't like it. You know, I don't. Even, even uh, it doesn't matter if it's Asians, blacks. If it's at or, the expense of somebody else's culture. Of, yeah, if it's if it's at the, if someone's else's expense or culture. I cringe personally, uh, even more so if it's against Asians, because 
fuck, I'm Asian. Yeah. You know, like, why is my culture being used as a punchline? And then you're going to go home and eat pad thai. You, you want to only, you want to only take the, the things that you like from my culture, but make fun of the other ones, the, the, the things that you find are weird, different, or funny. But most of the jokes are actually dissing Asian men. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I mean, we grew up with that. Right. Right. That's that's um, to, de- to demean us. Yeah. It's a, to, I mean, it's further demasculization of Asian men. And so it's been a thing. It's not a secret um, that we have never been desirable. In, in our neighborhood, it wasn't any Asian. I was the only Asian kid out there hanging out. So just like when you were in your fraternity, I would hear those jokes. Mm-hmm. But I would only hear them when I was doing something better than them. For example, we were playing basketball. And I was killing them. And then all of a sudden, yo, man, stick to your karate shit. Or, or, you know, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, at least my dick is bigger than yours. And I'm like, how do you know that? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just in my head. I was like, how, how, like, how do we get from me playing basketball? And all of a sudden my dick is bigger than yours. I was like, that's the weakest trash talk. You know, or like, yo, this and that. Yo, how come Chinese people like this? How come like that? And yo, do you know how to do... Yo, how can you actually see me? Like, how do you see with those eyes? Like, how do you do that? And I'm just like, come on, man. I was like, my eyes are beautiful. Stop playing. (laughs) (laughs) You know? I love it, man. Anyway, on that, that's... I mean, we've been here for a while. We got to wrap it up. All our equipment batteries are dying. (laughs) Give to our Patreon, man. Yeah. Um... I love y'all. Um, do you do you want to drop uh, any any last thoughts? Nah, man. Just uh, you know, just be cool and inspire people. Have that positive energy and stick to stay tuned for the next episode of the Lucky Boys Podcast. Boop, boop, love boop, that. Boop, boop, I didn't have to close out. You did. Lucky Boys Podcast.